3: I
0: just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the host of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, Happy New Year from all of us here at HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us here for another episode. I'm Jeff, director of HopeNet360, and I'm so excited that you've joined the conversation tonight. I want to open up the panel to you tonight, and you guys introduce yourselves.
4: Yeah, and I'm Dave here, the uh, president of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. Great to be with you.
2: Yeah, and I'm Jason. I'm the program director here at Silver Birch Ranch, and it's fun uh, hanging out and being a part of the show.
3: And I'm Mike Gott. I'm a student pastor here in the Green Bay area. All right, and links are available at hopenet360.com under our show notes. So for tonight, we've got some great links and some topics of discussion things we're going to discuss tonight really the the title of our show tonight is hope for the future i don't know about you guys but i've i've been looking forward to this we're actually entering the future
4: did you know that yeah, we are yeah what do you mean by that i mean yeah sure
3: yeah so
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you guys are like what in the world
3: yeah. guys did you did you know that in october it's it's actually going to be the future. It's going to be the day that Marty McFly from Back to the Future flew into the future. Wow. That's hmm. pretty crazy. Isn't that exciting?
4: Yeah. R- Come on. Can this is like... So we should go watch that movie so we can know what the future holds, like this year? Yes.
3: Hoverboards, everything. Awesome. Any Any of you guys, like, Back to the Future? Nuts. No. Right.
4: Hey,
5: I'll, I'll chime in here. Congratulations, Chicago Cubs fan. This is your year. You will win the World <laughs> Series with a sweep. No kidding. So if you're a Chicago Cubs fan, you're all you know. They've already started making their changes. I mean, they got a great teams and the, you know guys coming up from the minors and stuff. They got John Lester. They got all these teams. They're getting ready. You know they how they win the World Series be. and Back to
2: the Future.
4: <laughs> yeah, you, you know how weird that'll be if they win, don't you? I'm
2: excited. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm
4: a Cubs fan too, from way back. I just don't usually say it, but <laughs> I, I am.
2: You don't choose to be a Cubs fan. You just are.
4: Yeah, you just are. I, I mean, actually, I, I tell the kids I'm a fan of whoever won the, the, the World Series the last year. There you go. Yeah, that way I can always be a winner. And they all look at me like, you are such a loser. I'm thinking, no, I just said that because I want to be a winner. But I'm actually a Cub fan. I just don't want to say it because it's been, you know, totally all my life. Totally explains why you're a Packer fan. Yeah, that too.
3: <laughs> this entire show is for you. and Whether you're a teen, you're a young adult, maybe you're a parent listening to the show and just trying to get a better understanding of life. I think this world throws so many messages at you and we get to filter them. And some of them we allow in and, and kind of, become part of what we believe and then other other things we just kind of we toss out but you know the reality is is there's so many messages that are so false so many lies that we end up believing because of what we see portrayed by the media or what we read about maybe in the newspaper or even on the internet i mean this internet you can find anything that you want to about any topic and you can find every single angle and any viewpoint that you want and it becomes really confusing really quick. The more you read the news, the more that you read from your favorite magazine or whatever that we wrestle with figuring out what truth really is in our life. And then because of that, our lives become a disaster. So many of us struggle with depression. We, we struggle with purpose and we struggle with meaning and we struggle you know, with friendships and relationships and all these things because... Deep down inside, there's something going on that's not working. And hopefully in this show, we can help you point out what's going on. We can help point you to really the basis of truth. And that is knowing God. And so anytime on the show, you can always chat with the live coach more. If you've got some questions, maybe trying to figure out what God's trying to show you, or maybe just questions about the Bible, what you're reading right now, you can chat with the live coach at hopenet360.com. We're also on the Tweetback. This is the chance for you guys to connect Mm -hmm. with us during the show and leave your thoughts, leave some questions that you'd like us to answer on the show. Any way that you want to connect with us, we would love to hear from you on the Tweetback. And of course, you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. If email works better for you. So guys, tonight, the big question, you know, this is a new year and I'm wondering any predictions. What's this world going to look like? Is it going to be the Marty McFly world? Do you think we don't have hoverboards yet?
4: Quite yet. Oh, you know what? That's so yesterday, the hoverboards and hover car thing. That that is so yesterday. Really? I I have a friend who's a missionary in Venezuela. (laughs) He built a hovercraft for down there, you know, 20 years ago and and was using it to go over the land and the river and that kind of thing. You you just basically take a... uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, an air hockey table, flip it upside down and travel on it. You what know. You mean? <laughs> <stuff>? <laughs> yeah.
2: I've been feeling this summer I'm going to see you trying to sit on the air
4: hockey table. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Just flip it upside down. You, you got to. Have you ever watched Tool Time Tim? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you just put a little bigger engine on this thing, there you, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you just turn it upside down and sit on it. It's like a magic carpet. So it's not a big deal. These things.
2: I'll see you sitting there, and all it, of
4: a sudden you go, "Great, Scott." Yeah, yeah. It's like no big deal. So I, I don't know what the future holds, really. Here's what I do know, that, that God actually is in charge, and that one day all this stuff will end, and those who loved God and walked with Him will have no regrets. And And so that's what we're really talking to people about. There are things that we know for sure, and it's very few things. Uh, Jason, if I were to ask you, what do you know for absolute sure about the future?
2: That Jesus is coming back. There
4: you go. You know, I, I, know, I know for certain that one day I'm going to die physically, mm-hmm. all right? i don 't know that i 'm going to be alive through the year two thousand and fifteen mm. i don 't know that i 'm going to die either, but I do know that for sure i 'll die one day yeah. so really it 's getting my adjustments in line with reality. Uh, there are things in life that are certain, and there are things that we hope for like hoverboards or hover cars or seeing Dave sit on an air hockey table upside down <laughs> or, you know, whatever it might be yeah you, know, you may hope that you know, no. we see somebody eating a peep that we can make fun of <laughs> no. you know that kind of thing but. Bottom line really is, I think we need to look at what is certain, and I hopeful, hopefully this show will help people throughout the year. Focus on the things that we actually can change, uh, focus on being healthy, both physically, emotionally, spiritually, and, and focus on the things that we know for sure, rather than the things that we really don't know and have good discussions about that.
3: I was just thinking about this the other night, actually. I was driving somewhere, and I just began to think about all the things as I was younger. It seemed like I knew more. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just you feel like you you know more, or maybe you're more certain about things. And as I've gotten older and now I'm coming up, I'm a few weeks away from turning thirty and I'm just looking at my life and I'm thinking, Man, I don't have it all figured out and yeah. I, I feel like I have less figured out now than I had, you know, when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. You know, when you're just getting out of school and you're gonna grab, you know, the world by the horns and pull it down and put it in your belt. That was my favorite Chris Farley.
4: Yeah. About 30 years to your senior. I I know less today than I ever knew. And it must be because the body of knowledge keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I realized the small slice that I own. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, the body of knowledge was pretty small, you know, and so I think I knew more. But now that I'm at my age, I'm going, I don't know. Even when people come and ask me advice, it's like, man, I know some things for sure. And I think that's why I keep making things simple. I want to go back to what I know for sure, and it's a very small pool. Mm -hmm.
5: I think when you got more, it's harder to master it. Uh, When you think about a lifetime full of stuff, like I'm sitting here right now thinking of all the stuff that I know now, the books I'm reading, the people that are talking and speaking into my life, and all the thoughts that are coming in my 30-year-old head right now are so much more than when I was in my college age. And it takes me a long time to process it. And so I only catch a little bit here and there and pull it in and understand it and chew on it and think about it. And so sometimes that's a a hard thing. I I liked when I was younger and only heard a little bit at a time because my brain, I don't know, you know, how many gigabytes it has or whatever that might be, but it could handle so much. But now I got all this information pouring in and
3: it's like too much to handle. So that's me personally. That is interesting. I, I would agree with that. You know, you have more, whether it's more stuff or it's more responsibility for me, you know, having a couple of kids now is in some ways it's almost like, wow, the responsibility that I have. And, and Dave, I'm sure, you know, you've, you've been there, you've done that, you've kind of looked at it and you you probably have the experience too, where it's, you just look at what, what your reality is and where you're at in life and you're like, wow, I have more responsibility and maybe that's why I feel like I know less now than I knew before because I didn't have as much responsibility before.
4: Yeah. And, you know, I'm, in, I'm less in control, actually. People think that you, you feel like you're more in control, but you're really not. Because, yeah. I mean, there's things that happen in my health and, and different things that I cannot control. And and because of that, you feel less able to deal with all the things in life that everyone else seems to be dealing with. And that's really not true because God can deal with everything. and uh, And we need to understand that. By the way, your brain has 2.5 petabytes in it. I just looked it up.
2: What? <laughs> What's a petabyte? What? what?
4: Hey, hey, it's a, it's a word those of us that have a lot of brain cells use. A lot. <laughs> but it, it's, it's more than a terabyte. Was
2: that your geniusness coming you in? You know what? I don't
4: know. <laughs> you yeah. know what? This, this article that I pulled up online where you are talking is so complicated, I'm not sure what I just said. Your brain has a lot of a lot of something. <laughs>
2: And to prove your point,
3: the older you get,
4: the less you Oh, know. man, forget it. For, let's just forget I said anything about this.
3: <laughs> Jump on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter or go to Hopenet360.com slash Tweetback. The conversation will continue here on Hopenet Radio.
0: Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. Happy 2015. So glad that you guys have joined us here on the show. We're on the Tweetback right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Or go to hopenet360.com slash Tweetback. Leave us your thoughts. We're talking about some of the things that we're going to discuss over this coming year. And we're in the future now. And, Mike, you were you were kind of joking in the break about things that were going to happen in the future. And I'm wondering, what, what does the future look like, according to Marty McFly?
5: Well, I had to look it up a little bit more because I knew the Cubs won the World Series in 2015. But Andy. I didn't know who they beat. Apparently, they beat a Miami team. At the time, Miami didn't even have a team. But now we do have a Miami team. So look for this this year. If you see Miami change their logo or change their mascot to an alligator swinging a bat you know the cubs are going to win the world series this year oh man well just saying according
4: to marty mcfly yeah we have talked about reality and fantasy so this is good (laughs) (laughs) what you don't think the cubs can win the world series dave i've been a cub fan since i was born and every single year they have let me down It is difficult to get up for it.
2: But what about next year?
4: Yeah, I know that was my saying for about (laughs) thirty years. Thirty. But this is the year. I know. I know. I'm used to saying wait till next year. It's kind of like the bear fans. You know, I mean, I'm used to. I'm used to that. But, um, you know, a little Dave.
5: Let me give you some hope. All right. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. I'm thirty years old. We lost for like twenty years of my life in a row. We had like the worst losing record. We were under 500 for like ever. I stuck by them. And we've been in the playoffs the last two years. Yeah. The Cubs could turn it around.
4: They, the Cubs have they, a they could run run for
5: happen. over a century.
4: Do, do you think <laughs> if the Cubs actually get in the World Series, like the whole world will be rooting for them, the other team will just give up? I mean, something like that because, I mean, it's time they win something.
5: I think it will be reality TV, and I think there will be people <laughs> doing stuff to make sure it happens.
4: Yeah. Oh. There will be somebody in the stands to record for them, I bet. You know, that's happened before. So.
5: And the big thing, too, is they don't just beat Miami. They sweep Miami. Whoa.
4: So there's uh, high expectations. Uh, expectations wow. so oh, wow <laughs> all right i'm waiting we'll see yeah,
3: sometimes when we think about the future guys it can kind of be daunting especially if maybe the last year was a difficult year for you and you just feel like a heaviness like this could be a really tough year you know and we go in with all these different expectations what are some expectations that you guys have of this year
5: well you can look at it two ways you can think that this is going to be worse than last year or you can think positively and think hey this year could be better than last year so going into this year i'm looking forward to a, a new year and hoping for the best
2: And thinking that it's a new year, I think all of us have optimism. You know, January 1st almost brings optimism for everybody. We all set goals. We all look forward to greater things. We want to, you know, change the things that we screwed up last year and do them better this year. And I think we all have those, those mindsets, whatever it is. You know, I'm excited for another summer coming up. Uh, here at Silver Birch. And my hope is that'll be better than last summer. You know, not that last summer was bad, but we always have that, that, that drive to have things to improve.
4: But but hoping that something's better and actually working towards are two different things, aren't they? Yep. So so you're saying you hope like summer's even better than last year. What would you do to make it that way? I mean, is it just like, I'm just hoping and then it's kind of like somebody saying, I hope to lose weight and they keep eating the same. They don't work out. They don't, boy, that was my goal, but you know, I didn't do anything different. So are you doing something different to make you, it?
2: Yeah, you tweak the things that, that didn't work, you know, so you kind of assess things and say, all right, that, that that part of it was good. That part of it probably wasn't so good. So let's make that part different so that that part could be good. And in the process, there's going to be other things that come to surface. Right. You know, it's an ongoing process.
4: So will there ever be a summer that you think it went perfect? No. No. See, that's part of what we talked about in shows before where, where we're sinful people have been in a sinful world. Yeah. That can't discourage you. You cannot get discouraged when things don't work you need to look at them and ask why they didn't work and change the process. And and I think that's what I'm excited about in the new year is to be able to continually look at, okay, these things last year didn't work so well, but what can I do differently now so that at the end of next year, it could be different? Um, One of the great optimisms I have is the fact that I'm not really in charge. And everyone who knows me goes, yeah, we're glad about that. Um, It's really God who's in charge. And I I know this for sure. If this year... If I would commit myself to loving God, but by that I mean spending time with him and and learning who he is and and obeying him. If I would spend time doing that and I would spend time loving people, in other words, looking for ways to make others successful, then at the end of 2015, I will have had a successful year no matter what happens. And that's really one of the coolest thoughts that, that I think about at the beginning of the year. The end of the year, no matter what the circumstances are, the end of the year can be good. If indeed I do those two things. So I really want to focus on those two things this year. And I think in our program, I want to keep focusing on those things because I know those two things yield great results.
3: Yeah. You know, we talk about optimism for this new year. I mean, yeah, it's so easy when it's January, you know, January 1st. Nothing bad has happened yet this year. And but that may not be true now. I mean, now we're a few days into the new year, but some of us are still looking at it like, yeah, I haven't failed a test yet in the new year. So at least I got that going for me. The other thing, you know, optimism for the future, not just optimism, but faith, I think is a big part of it. And maybe some of you that are listening tonight have actually just come into a relationship with God. And so this is all new to you, like having faith and believing that things aren't going to turn out maybe the way that you thought they would. Maybe they've been miserable in the past and now it's now God's really been doing some things in your life and changing things around and things are starting to to turn up. And this is new to you, you know, how God works. And when we trust God and we put our faith in God, that kind of gives us some answers, doesn't
4: it? Yeah. God gives us cycles so that we could have new beginnings. For example, there's a cycle for the year. And you can look back at last year and say it wasn't that great of a year. Fine. Let's start clean. And, and it's really cool to be able to do that. Likewise, I think you give us day and night. So let's say today wasn't a great day. Go to sleep and start over. Let's start looking at what we can do instead of what we can't. Let's start focusing on what God could do rather than what we're limited by. And, and, and every day, use the cycles to your advantage. That's very important I've learned through the years. If today I did things wrong, if today I messed up, let me go to sleep. Let me talk to God about it. Let me talk to my wife about the people that I messed up with. And let's start over tomorrow. And let's see if we can, can work it through tomorrow. And, and likewise, uh, ages can do that. You know, I'm, I'm this age now. There's going to be a birthday. Okay, last year wasn't that great? Um, years can be different. We're, we were in 2014. Now we're in 2015. Let's make some changes so 2015 are better. I, I love that God gave us cycles so that we can actually uh, visualize making changes and letting go of the past and beginning to invest again in making the future what it should be.
3: But you know what I think the difficult thing is when there's a new cycle, Dave, is that we tend to carry the baggage and we tend to carry even the successes or even the failures Mm -hmm. over into that new cycle.
4: Yeah. So many times I'm mentoring a young person and something in their past is just holding them back like an anchor. And I'll usually tell them, man, you got to take and cut that anchor loose. There is nothing that anybody listening to us today can do about the past. There's nothing you can do about it. It already is past. You might be able to go and apologize to somebody, and and that would be your responsibility. But as far as changing the past, you're not going to be able to do that. So what we want to do is learn from the past, not let it be an anchor, and start making decisions that are right about the future. And in order to do that, the word repent comes in. We need to be able to say, this did not work in the past. And that's why, again, I think you need to be listening to the show or getting mentors in your life, because they would be good people to go to and say, this doesn't seem to be working. And, and it's always important that you can repent or, or confess your sins to one another, find somebody, not to anybody, but to somebody who can actually help you go forward. And so to, in order to make the future what it should be, you need to let go of the failures of the past. And, and you need to say, okay, those were failures. Here's what I learned from it. You know, I, I can remember so often, get, I got cut from a no-cut baseball team and other things. I've tried things. My dad never got upset with me for trying. But I do remember him saying, well, you learned how not to do that. You know, I mean, yeah, that's true. And instead of beating yourself up, realize you just learned how to not do that. Look at all the great inventors in, in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys failed more than they ever succeeded. And yet the stuff they succeeded on because they were willing to try... I want to encourage our listeners, make this year a year where you let go of the things that are stopping you and you start trusting the position that you have in Christ. And if you don't understand what it is to have a position in God's family, please contact HopeNet360.com. There are live coaches there to talk to you and, and tell them, I, I really don't know what it means to be uh, having a position in Christ or, or having a position as a child of God and let them talk you through that.
3: When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what faith does in our life. You know, we have to have faith for the future. And, yeah, maybe it's been difficult. Maybe going through life right now has been really difficult as of late. You can always chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. Also, join us on the Tweetback. We'd love to hear maybe some of your resolutions, if you made resolutions this year, or things that you would love to see happen in the new year. Hopefully, I don't know if you're a Cubs fan or not a Cubs fan, but uh, you can let us know on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTB. The conversation is going to continue here on Hope HopeNet
2: Radio.
1: Hey, this is Tara K from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out hopenet 360com slavery. One word: hopenet360.com/endslavery.
0: We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. Hope Net Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're so glad you've joined us in the new
3: year. you can connect with us anytime on the tweet back, use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And we're talking a little bit about some of our resolutions that some of us have made commitments to, whether it's working out or eating healthier or just some different goals, maybe in your work or your family. We'd love to hear from you tonight. You can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. But guys, in the break, I kind of pulled up Romans 5. So if you got your Bibles, you may want to just open up to Romans 5 and check along. With me because you know we're talking about going into the new year. You know you have got a clean slate. You're looking at this year with uh, some of us have not failed a test yet in the new year. Maybe you have, but uh, some of us have not really made any critical mistakes. Well, like I was talking about before, when Dave was talking about cycles, that we enter a new cycle. It's kind of, it's kind of like the new year brings a new cycle. And the hard thing is, is how do we let go of things that? you know we've been carrying through the last year and actually look forward to something because this can be a time if we're carrying things in this new year that we have no business carrying into it can really thwart you know the plans that god has for our lives it can it can even destroy or damage other goals that we have for this next year i mean when we're looking at resolutions we have to also figure out what things we have to cut ties with you know maybe it's you know our job situation maybe it's people that we've been holding on to for so long that have just continued to drag us down maybe just habits things that we've been doing that are just holding us back we've got to actually let go of some of these things so we can actually have some confidence in this next year
4: absolutely you know environment is extremely important it always has been it always will be and rules are important but rules are only important in the context of relationships in other words i, I i'm going to spend time with my wife every day i'm going to you could say well those are rules yeah in the context of a relationship we, we do things so that the relationships stay strong. You can call them rules, expectations, whatever you want to do, goals, but you need to have them. When you start having rules outside of relationships, they don't work. But I do think that we have to look at the year coming up and say, okay, I need to set the environment up so it's the best it can be for growth and, and the goals that I've set. Uh, that's why a farmer weeds, because things get in there and take, take some energy for, away from the plant and it doesn't produce as much. You know, it, it's a matter of us doing the same diligence, doing diligence in our lives to say, I'm setting things up so that that can be the best possible scenario for success in the future. And again, that's why, again, I think mentoring is so important. You, you may not understand how to do that. Um, we have live coaches at hopenet360.com you can talk to. It's even better if we find somebody or if you find somebody in your local church that loves God, that's older than you, can. they can just sit down and talk you through some of that. But but I think that's one of the key factors.
2: Going off of that, Dave, during the break, we were talking about Romans. I know from even when I was younger, there were some things that I wasn't willing to let go, thinking that God was holding it over me and, and that sort of stuff. And I think it's a great reminder remembering our relationship with God and, and 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 how much He loves us. And, and we see that in the book of Romans, specifically um, in Romans 8, where, you know, here's God, and He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins so that we can be in a relationship with Him. And He did that knowing that we're sinners. You know, so God knew our situation. And even in in light of that, even knowing, knowing that, you know, we we constantly disobey him, he still decided to send Jesus to solve that solution. And this is the same God that even now wants us to continue in that relationship with him. And so he understands that we've screwed up. He understands that we will continue to screw up, but he wants us to trust in him. He, he wants us to look to him to help us, you know, take those fresh starts, you know, and to really take each day as it comes Because life goes by so fast. You know, Dave, you were talking about these cycles. And I think sometimes we can get wrapped up in that. But if we just, you know, sometimes we, even with myself, when I start something new, it's like, well, I want to start it on a Monday because that's like the start of something. Or right now it's like, all right, it's January. I can start something. But I think sometimes we twist that and use it as lie. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's February. I screwed up my chances or I'm, I'm halfway through January and I already screwed up. I guess I got to wait till next year. And that, those are the lies that we get because we, we think that all of a sudden we're not good enough to change anymore.
4: Yeah. You know, failure does one of two things to me. It either causes me to go into a I can't do it kind of depression, I'll never be okay mode, yeah. or it causes me to go into worship. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Because when I think about it in the context of reality, I think God Almighty loves me the way I am. He actually loves me and knew I was going to fail. Think about it this way. God knows everything that I ever did in life, every thought that I ever had, and he still sent his son to die for me so I could be in his family. He still wants me. He doesn't need me. Mm-hmm. So so when I fail, and I think that, that you guys can can uh, tell me if I'm right on this, but my mind goes to one or two places. I either go to, I am just a bum that will never make it, and I continue to fail because I don't do anything to change it, mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of a depression or whatever, or I fall on my knees and worship God, realizing that God loves me. Even though I am not somebody he needs, even though I'm not somebody he wants me, he can give me the significance and security in life, and it forces me then to think in terms of worship rather than depression. Hmm. Does that make sense to anybody?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's also a distinction, too. Maybe it's a good question to ask, do you feel like you're a failure? And, and that can be a, a very deep question, but I think it's, there's a distinct difference between people who fail and people who are failures, and I don't know if there really are any people specifically that are failures. I think it's we, – we get confused when we make a mistake or when we do fail, when something does not turn out we, the way we thought we did. Maybe the business goes under. Maybe you do bomb a test. Maybe uh, you didn't pass that exam that you needed to to get the grade that you wanted to. Or or maybe you you didn't do what you needed to do to get the job yeah. in, in your interview. So. You know, to me, it's there's a difference between being a failure, which is more of an identity issue. We can know that it's okay to fail. Yeah. We can't carry that into this next cycle.
4: Think about it. There's many people in life that are described as very successful who fail more than they succeed. Mm-hmm. Think about, we were talking about baseball earlier, a baseball player. If a baseball player bats about 350, is that good?
5: Yeah, that's an awesome answer. Yeah.
4: How many times does he fail then? <laughs> and we consider that good. Yeah, we consider that good. And When you look at it, it's like this guy fails a lot more than he succeeds, and we still think he's good. Well, you know what? Look at life. We fail more than we succeed, I think, because we go back to a former program. We're sinful people living in a sinful world. The goal is not failure. Nobody goes up to bat thinking, well, you know, I'm only a 350 batter, so this one I got to miss. You know, they don't do that. They go up thinking I need to be a thousand batter. I mean, that's what I need to do, but they don't succeed. Yeah. And right. and even at 350, we're looking at them going, you're You're great. You know, it's like any sport is that way. You you look at people that that just do their best and they improve and, and they're consistent. You know, why don't we do the same in our relationships? Let's look at what we're doing that well and get better at it, and expect our relationships to get better and expect about a thousand in our relations, but when we don't let's continue to work at it and get that average higher, whatever it might be or the analogy,
3: yeah, Dave, you just hit a home run on that one <laughs> I mean Thanks, the reality <laughs> i mean the reality is is that we have expectations for people who are like me I, I get to be that frustrated perfectionist where I expect everything to be in order, I expect it to work and to function, and I have a hard time starting something. When I don't think it's going to succeed or when I don't think it's going to go perfectly, you know, when I don't feel like I can step up to the plate and hit a home run every single time. And that's that's just a personal struggle that I have. And, you know, when you talk with mentors and you talk with people, you read articles online, uh, you know, I find, you know, productivity hacks and things that, you know, just encourage or inspire me to do something. What I realize is it's just, it's in my thinking. It's, it's how I perceive something's going to go. Either it determines my success of it or my failure. And I can't have that expectation where it has to be perfect. I can't because we can't expect perfection from ourselves. We're not perfect beings. Only God is. And when we, when we surrender our expectations, when we surrender these things to God and know that he is, he's the one that controls the outcome. I don't. That takes all the pressure off me. Then I can start. But maybe you're like me too, where you have a hard time starting and you have a hard time maybe even doing devotion, simple things like having a relationship with God because you feel like I'm not perfect enough to have a relationship with God. I know it sounds silly, but I think that's how we think a lot of times is we aren't perfect enough for God. And the good news, we're going to talk about this when we come back here on the show, that in Romans 5, it talks about why we don't have to be perfect for God, that he has greater plans and he's made a way for us and that we can be who he has created us to be and we can grow in that. So chat with the Life Coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. The conversation
0: continues here on HopeNet Radio feel like nobody cares we do hope net 360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. a live coach is available to talk right now at hope net 360.com it's hope net radio you can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet 360.com now here are the host of hope net radio jeff and dave Hey, welcome to the
3: second half of HopeNet Radio, Jeff, D.W., Jason. We're joined in studio. Tara Kay is back on the show. So good to have you back again this week with us, Tara.
1: It's good to be back.
3: Tara, introduce yourself a little bit.
1: My name's Tara. As, we, as I'm known on the show, Tara Kay, but I am the outreach director for an organization called Damascus Road, and we, we do advocacy for human trafficking victims and human trafficking awareness throughout the Fox Valley and northeastern Wisconsin and Central Wisconsin. For the last, I don't know, about five or six years, I've been involved in an advocacy work in in Las Vegas and Wisconsin and across the country. So it's just been an incredible opportunity to share some of my experiences on the show and talk about what kind of things that teens might be facing that might make them vulnerable to being um, recruited or maybe involved in human trafficking.
3: Yeah, by the way, Happy New Year to you.
1: Thank you, it's, you too.
3: Yeah, it's, I can't believe it's 2015 already. We're just talking a little bit about it's Marty McFly year. He comes back oh, this year. It's crazy.
1: I watched that just because of that. I watched went <laughs> Back to the Future. That's awesome.
3: That's <laughs> awesome. Also joining us in studio, Sarah Bose. Sarah is the founder and director for More Precious Than Rubies and her website, moreprecious.org. You can check that out for yourself and get more information on what she does. Sarah, I want to. I want to welcome you to the show tonight. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. We had done a human trafficking awareness show last year, and I had mentioned your name to Jeff because I've had the pleasure of getting to know you the last couple years of doing advocacy work in Wisconsin, and I'm excited that you're with us tonight, Sarah. Thank you. I'm excited.
3: So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're a mom. So yes. that's kind of what I'm
6: Well, like you said, I'm a mom. My kids are teenagers now, so I won't call them out. I love being a mom and um, I also love being able to just share the love of God with all kinds of people in all walks of life, but particularly God has called me to reach to women who are working in the sex industry and those who are being trafficked right here locally in Green Bay. Specifically, we focus right in Brown County. Hmm. He led me to do that through a series of events. I was praying and asking him, "What wanted me to do to serve him he led me through the book of esther and when i got to the portion where ruth goes before the king to plead for her people i just was really moved and and i said god i understand that um you're the king but i don't really know who my people are Mm. what does that even mean you know i mean esther she knew who her people was she knew where she'd come from and i really felt in my spirit that he said well where did you come from so, I started writing down a list mm-hmm. and I wrote down runaway, throwaway, gang member, prostitute. And I looked at that list and I went, oh no, <laughs> that's what you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And um, it was a little overwhelming at first. I spent a lot of time living um, not at home while I was a teenager. Things were turbulent most of the time at home. And um, sometimes I ran away and sometimes um, I was told to stay away.
4: Not always like leave it to Beaver. Did you grow up in northern Wisconsin?
6: I grew up right here in Green Bay. Yes. Now,
4: when you when you uh, talked earlier, you said you know gangs, prostitutes, that kind of thing yes. running away. It, yeah, I'm thinking that really happens in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
6: It sure does. Yeah.
4: It's hard for me to understand that. I mean, you actually were were somebody that. There's gangs here in this area?
6: <laughs> yeah, there's several There's several gangs. They're not as obvious as they are maybe in some larger cities, but there's definitely gang activity. Uh, people coming up from Chicago
1: and Milwaukee starting different groups. And yeah. Is that something when you mentioned you, you were being a runaway? I've never ran away from home, but I can imagine usually people are running away from something. Mm-hmm. And they're not really running to something, but it seems like those things find them. You know, like, I'm going to go run away and be part of a gang. You know who says that? But right. it seems like those th- things, the wrong kind of people seem to find them. Is that what happened? Absolutely, yeah. We all have
6: a desire for family and structure and protection. And those are things that a gang, for instance, would offer. Not in a positive way, like we want, but there is there is definite structure and rules. And with obedience comes protection. That obedience is what's painful, Sometimes Mm. um, when I was living on the streets, I wasn't old enough to have a job. I couldn't just go to the nearest fast food restaurant and apply. I was too young. Mm. So earning my own income was an impossibility. And I remember somebody telling me that when you live on the streets, you either sell drugs, steal, or you sell yourself. Mm. And I thought, well, that's fine. I'll steal. But you get caught stealing pretty quickly. And um, you have to come up with other means to support yourself. It starts with um, things like survival sex. You end up in a position where someone is offering you a place to sleep for the night, but you have to pay for that night somehow. And that's kind of how things start. Someone will, will woo you and, and say, you know, I will be your boyfriend. I will protect you. I'll protect you. I know your parents don't. I'll do that for you. And as a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old child, you believe that and need that. A 12-year-old, a 13-year-old needs somebody to protect them. Mm -hmm. They're not capable of supporting themselves. That person, that 18, 19, 20-year-old knows that and they take advantage of somebody who needs an adult. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they have been trained as Mm -hmm. well. The person who was Ultimately, my first pimp, I remember he was he was in high school himself, and I remember a family member of his coming up from Chicago and teaching him what to do. It's messed up all around.
3: Yeah. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And so if that's news to you, we're going to bring some light to it a little bit more here in the show. And specifically next week is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. Tell us a little bit about National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. What do you guys do and how do you involve the community in this?
1: Well, since 2009, I believe, is the first year that President Obama had declared January 11th as National Human Trafficking Awareness Day, as well as January being... National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, Mm -hmm. ending in February 1st, which is National Freedom Day. It's kind of ironic because there are more people enslaved now in our world than in any other time in history. Wow. And it, it may look a little different than what it used to look like. And human trafficking is quite different maybe even in our own country than what might be seen overseas. And make sure you tune in next week to learn more about human trafficking itself. But there are some events coming up that... Um, We're going to be doing in the community. We want to let everybody know. Since 2009, I've been doing an Awareness Day rally in Oshkosh. It's called Stop the Traffic, Make Some Noise. And we just uh, hold up awareness signs to encourage. We hope that cars drive by, read our signs, give us a honk. And, you know, it might seem like something small, but we need everybody's help. Anybody can hold up a sign. We've had teenagers, families come out. This year it's on a Sunday, so it's easy for families to come get involved. So, this year we will be in Oshkosh by the Holiday Inn, um, West Town Center in Oshkosh, and you can come join us at 12 o'clock. We'll be making signs. On January 11th, Sunday, January 11th. And um, at 1 o'clock, we'll be standing out kind of by Festival Foods area, holding up signs from 1 to 3 to raise awareness about human trafficking. We also will be showing a documentary um, in preparation for Human Trafficking Awareness Day coming up on Tuesday, January 6th. And that's going to be at the Oshkosh Public Library. And the documentary is called Sex and Money. Mm. And it's just a really interesting documentary specifically about trafficking in the U.S., and if, if you're wondering, um, I don't really understand a lot about human trafficking. It's a great film that explains who is involved, how does it work, and what is going on in our country. We've always had press coverage at our event, and we're looking to get the Oshkosh Police Department involved. So it's really increased over the last couple of years, and I just want to encourage everybody, um, if you can, come out. Because we have people ask us uh, when we, we do speaking engagements and out throughout the community, How can I get involved? So here is the opportunity. Um, This is just a really easy way, a great way to get involved. Come for an hour or both, you know, for two hours, whatever you can. Or even if you can only come to the documentary night, whatever you can do, invite friends. Everybody who has come in, in the past has just, they they usually come again every year. And it increases their, just by standing out there and holding a sign, it increases Hmm. their own awareness. And it is just impressive to see how a lot of, we've had a lot of college students come out, how a lot of these young people are really... Um, going out there and then finding ways for them to share what they've learned as well or inviting us to come and in, in speak. Then I know Sarah has a similar event going on in Green Bay that she's going to tell you about.
6: Yeah, here in Green Bay we do an event very similar. We call it Two Hours to Raise Awareness and we'll be doing that again on very similar times on January 11th, Human Trafficking Awareness Day from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock on the corner of Main and Baird. It's a large corner so we can cram a bunch of people in there. Yeah. I hope a whole bunch of people can come out. We'll be making our sign actually before that on thursday the 8th at central church at 6 30 p.m and then one other thing that people can get involved in is on february 3rd we will actually be holding a volunteer training so if people are newly excited about what's going on here in green bay and want to really get involved they can look at moreprecious.org and find out the details there
3: and we'll throw this on our calendar too at hopeman360.com slash events so you can get all of the information, where things are happening, when they're happening and you can find those links also under the show notes at hopemet360.com so I'm looking forward to seeing some of the Facebook posts I'm sure you guys are both on Facebook right
6: absolutely sure. yes there will be plenty of pictures and we're hoping for maybe a little bit of news coverage too
3: find more information about both of these organizations visit hopemet com. we have links there on things going on also if you are involved in any human trafficking prevention work or awareness work and you want us to promote that as well we'd be glad to post some links on our page you can send us some information to Hope at HopeNet360.com We would love to promote your event If you have an awareness event happening in your community So stay tuned here on HopeNet Radio If
0: you're going through something tonight A live coach is waiting to talk to you At HopeNet360.com This is HopeNet Radio Feel free to email the show Hope at HopeNet360.com Now, back to Jeff and Dave Jeff, DW, Jason, and Mike,
3: your hosts tonight on the show. The conversation is going on on Twitter as well. We're hanging out on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Kind of joking before Mike about the Marty McFly future. Have you found anything else? Yeah,
5: going off of, you know, Chicago Cubs and thinking, yeah, I've picked on them a little bit too much, and then think listening to Dave and him talk about failure and batting average for baseball. I decided to pick another sport. I decided to pick basketball. And let's pick the Chicago Bulls back when they were good in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan right. said this. He said, "I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed." i failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I secede. Huh. Michael Jordan, probably the best—I'll go on the record—the best NBA player ever to play the game. Probably will be for a long time. He even realized that even in his failures, that is why he seceded. He learned. He grew from them. And 9,000 shots, I never thought about. Who keeps record of that? I missed 9,000 times. That's a horrible statistic
4: to keep track of. Yeah. But he Not learned. much of a shotter, is he? Shotter. Shooter. 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 <laughs> yeah, I speak for a living. Yeah, that's cool.
5: So they're, um, they're my Chicago friends down there.
4: You know what else I like about Michael Jordan? Mike, they were interviewing him. They asked him, Okay, Michael, you know, five seconds left in the game, you guys are down by one. The ball is out of bounds. What are you thinking? All of us kids that grew up, you know, shooting basketball, we always had that scenario in our head. You know, if we're out just shooting ourselves, it's like, Oh, there's one second left. It's up, it's good, you win know, the yeah. game. And I remember Michael just looking at the guy who asked that question and saying, Give me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> at first I thought how arrogant, then I stopped and said, No. You know what he's doing? He's saying, I have made that shot a thousand times. Yep. I want that ball. I am prepared. Mm-hmm. He, other guys that were interviewed, but with the same thing, it was like, I don't know. I don't want the ball. Why? Because the winning of the game hinged upon that shot. And mm-hmm. and he was willing to step in and take it because he had prepared for that moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And and that's really something I think when you're looking to the future here in in this year, uh, be the one that's the uh, spiritual or the Michael Jordan in that sense, where w- when there is an issue that comes up, don't run from it. Say, give me the ball. And in order to be in that position, you-, you need to really spend time intentionally right now in God's word with somebody who's older than you that mentors you, talks you through things. Be one that's continually preparing because you don't know what the future holds. But when the future comes up and things are on the line, be the one that says, I- I'll do it. I mean, I've seen that in EMTs as well. There's an accident that happens and, you know, everyone else is looking like, what are you doing? All of a sudden, one guy runs through the crowd, grabs a person and starts working. You know, let me take care of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love that. I, I love when somebody is prepared for what's ahead. And I think we can all do that. We may not know what's ahead, but there are general things we can do. We can, we can be those who spend time with God, with those we love. We can be thinking future. We can think about investing in our lives, that kind of stuff.
3: I don't know how much of Marty McFly's world is going to come to pass, but I still see DeLoreans driving around every now and then here in, in town. And
4: I never met Mr. DeLorean. No.
2: I don't think I've ever seen a DeLorean in person. No. Nope. Oh,
5: really? No. I saw one for sale yeah. and thought about it when I was in Southern <laughs> California, but... I wasn't going to pay for it. so.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... Did you write them and ask them to give it to you? No,
5: I did not. <laughs> I just drove right. by and it was kind of like, hey, that would be nice to have. And then realize they're probably, if anything breaks down on it, it's probably hard to find parts because they only made so many of those anyways. Well, so. if you
4: had a selfie stick, you could have gone and s- stood next <laughs> to it. And then you could have taken a picture of yourself standing next to a DeLorean. That would have been cool.
5: I know, for real. I mean, I've been talking yeah. to people uh, on the <clears throat> aspect of autographs will no longer exist because the popular thing is get your selfie with the famous person and That's plaster right. it on Facebook and let everybody know that you are with so-and-so.
2: So true. Use the selfie stick, though. I mean, that yeah, we got
3: that. Them. only
5: helps. Be
4: safe. Use a safe selfie stick.
2: <laughs> what if you had them sign your selfie stick as you're taking the photo?
4: Oh, man. Oh, boy. Ooh. My balloon. I'm still into the hovercraft, man. I, I, I want, I, I want a drone over my head taking the picture of the selfie.
2: Yeah,
5: yep. I'm going to probably send you an email in the new year. If any of my students listen to this radio show and flip our air hockey table over and even attempt to do that, you are getting one email from
4: me. <laughs> well, tell them if they do that, they got to beef up the, the motor a little bit. All right. I'll yeah, work yeah, with the them the on standard that. motor won't fly, but, man, tell them to flip it over and put, put like a 200-horsepower thing on there. And I'm telling you, it'll fly.
3: It'll take it off. It'll take it off. Yeah. We'll call it NASA. That'll work.
4: I'll
5: put a DeLorean uh, door on it and then put a a yeah. sticker in the back.
4: <laughs> Let's have some fun. Send me pictures, please. I'd enjoy watching that.
3: <laughs> oh, man. So we, so we go. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys on the Tweetback tonight, guys. We've been chatting about some things that will help us, hopefully, in our perspective for this new year. Having faith is a big part of it, and that might be a foreign concept to you. And I want to just read from Romans chapter 5 a little bit here because a few weeks ago I had a chance to sit down with an FCA group, Fellowship of Christian Athletes group, uh, here in the Green Bay area. And I talked about how we know that God accepts us because there's a first question. We have to first figure out who is God and we understand that we can have a relationship with him. Okay, so God is real. Next question that comes to mind is, well, how do I know when God is happy with me or when God accepts me? And can I know that? And in Romans 5, it talks about having faith. It says uh, in verse 1, "...therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory." Man, this new year, if there was a couple of things that I'd want to have ahead of me this year is to have hope, to be confident in that hope, and to look joyfully ahead. I think so many times when we look at our world today, if we continually look and focus on the things of this world, the more we get depressed, the more we get thinking that this is not going to be a great year. But when we focus on God, when we start to look at how he has prepared us for the moment that we're in, prepared us for this year— uh, we begin to have confident hope, not just, you know, looking and saying, well, I haven't messed up yet today, but to actually look forward to this year and what God is going to do. There's a different perspective there when you live by faith instead of you live by sight. And that's, that's something that the Bible talks about, living by faith and living by
4: sight. And you, you know, I love the, the verse that follows that even. that says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. It's not about Dave Wager being perfect. It's about Dave Wager being loved. That's a whole different story. I, I can't ever understand maybe why God would want Dave Wager or want me and his family or want to love me, but he does. And it's not because I earned it. It's because he chose to love me. It's very much like uh, somebody who adopts a child. It's not that they get anything out of it as far as financially or anything else. In fact, it's the opposite. They have the resources to help somebody who can't help themselves. And, and the only thing that I ever offered God was my neediness. I'm a needy person. And God says, I can meet that need. And, and that's when I need to relax and enjoy and, and be a part of what he is doing and why I want to spend time with him, why I want to obey him. He has, in essence, earned that right because of his love for me. Uh, even after it says, now most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Man, I, I told you before, my failures either cause me to go into depression or worship. And in this case, when I read this and I understand the love of God and the plan of God, I go into worship, not, not depression.
3: I think the neatest thing to realize is that God loves you, He has a love for you that's unlike any other. And a lot of times in this world, we look at circumstantial love or we would call it conditional love that I love you or I think you're valuable because of this, because maybe you've done things the way that I wanted them done. Maybe you have treated me the way that I wanted to be treated or you fill in your blank there. We have a conditional form of love. God's is different. He doesn't see things the way that we see them. So if you have questions, if you want to learn more about God's love, chat with the live coach right now at hopenet360.com. Jump on the tweet back right now. We're hanging out. Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio.
1: Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash endslavery. One word, HopeNet360.com slash endslavery.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff,
3: DW, Mike Ott, Jason. Wrapping up the show tonight. Remember, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast. We hope you do. Go and check it out on iTunes. Just search for hope Net Radio. Most other devices, uh, TuneIn Radio and Stitcher app are available for you. So go and check out HopeNet Radio, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, share it on Facebook or on Twitter. Let them know that you listen to the show and give us a shout out. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you would. That's our hashtag for the HopeNet Radio tweet back. And guys, we've been talking about some ways, a lot of different things, ways to be successful in the new year. Hope for the future. This is the future. Whether it's Marty McFly's future or Jeff's future or Mike's future, it's the future and it's here and it can be exciting. It can also be daunting. But Dave, you said something really important. We've got to focus on the fundamentals. We've got to focus on things that will make us successful. And, and guys, as we're wrapping things up, I'm wondering what do we do? How do we know what to
2: carry with us into the new year? And what things do we have to leave behind? I think one of the key things is to really evaluate where you've been, but leave whatever's done in the past. So take the things that you've learned and apply that to the future, but don't necessarily compare now to then, you know, whether it is successes or is failures. You know, I think either way, sometimes if we focus too much on the past and then compare it to now, it'll set us up for failure because if we had a great year last year and we want to do it again, and if we don't meet that in the same that we that we did, then we're not striving for for better and and for, and becoming closer to God. And same thing goes with failures. You know, what's done is done. And if you screwed up, you screwed up. But how can you change that? What are the the things that you learned in those circumstances or that the habits that you can now form? So you don't do that again. Um, Because I think that's the key thing is just to start with a clean slate and allow God to use you, allow God to mold and shape you. Um, That way you could just take each day one at a time and just give God your all. And, and not be afraid to try new things, not be afraid to do things differently so that you can achieve more and accomplish more. Um, and I think that that's key.
4: And you can go to a live coach at hoping at 360.com and say, you know what? I I really would like to do this different and and just chat with somebody about maybe ideas on how to, or again, we go back to the mentors. If you have somebody in your life that loves God, that's older, talk to them and say, I'd like this different. How would you do it differently? It's not going to change. If you don't make any changes, there won't be any changes. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. And I know that doesn't sound overly profound, but that's true. If you want change, you got to change. Something's got to be different, and we have to be willing to do that.
5: For one of the things that I've done uh, in my past, uh, past this will be my seventh year, and I'm currently doing it now. Is I look back over my last year of life, and I reflect on some of the positive things. In fact, I started uh, back in 2008. I would do uh, the top 25 adventures and life stories of my year now for me being older 25 i could come up with 25 easily uh maybe you're a teenager right now five is a great place to start find five positive things you did maybe it was uh getting your driver's license maybe it was your first job maybe for some of you this was a big achievement in high school and college for me if i passed math (laughs) that was like yeah. Math is like the worst thing for me. Math mm-hmm. was a big deal. Maybe it's math. Maybe it's you went on a trip with your family. Maybe you went to a high school f- football playoff game and that was fun with your friends. Look back, find like four or five things that were like your top stories, your top adventures, and then look forward to the next year. Hey, what could I have you know envisioned for 2015? And uh, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, as I'm writing my list down, I did apple bobbing for the first time. I don't know if anybody out there has ever done apple bobbing. Don't drown. <laughs> That's my <laughs> first advice. Uh, I did it with my teenagers, and I'm I'm a firm believer that the, the youth pastor has to do the event that he makes his teenagers do. So I did apple bobbing. I won. Uh, I came back uh, a couple weeks ago uh, for Christmas time, and we did eggnog and candy cane bobbing. Oh, no. Uh, I lost. (laughs) So I'm one and one with uh, one of the teenagers right now. And so for this year, man, can I get any better than apple bobbing or eggnog bobbing? Well... I'm thinking chocolate pudding and conversation hearts. I don't know what that'll look like, but always look for something more exciting for the years to come. So take what you've done in the past year and always build off of it. For me, it's something as simple as, you know, apple bobbing or eggnog bobbing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, And look forward to your years to come because, you know, each year is going to have some best things. And when I was looking over my 2013 list, like I said, I'm working on my 2014 now, uh, the top two things that I had, And uh, I lost it now, but the second one was one year. I made it one year in marriage with my my wife, uh, Amber, and that was a huge, monumental thing, and I was excited. And then number one is uh, always the investment that I put into my relationship with Jesus, the time I spend in God's Word, uh, the time I actually talk with Him and pray Mm -hmm. with Him. The times that I I go to church and I invest in my life spiritually to understand more about this God who loves me more than I can even imagine. Mm. And so I would encourage, look back over your past, find a couple things, and then look forward to 2015 and what God has for you.
4: I love that. I won a beatbox tournament this year this past year. And, I, don't, I don't believe it. Yeah, I did. And I'm retiring. So I never lose. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one of those things that you retire. In. And, and I know the vote was pity and I know that I shouldn't have won, but I did. So it's one of those things. How can I beat that? So now I'm, I'm looking for new adventures. I, you know, it's, it's really funny because I'll do that at times. I, I arm wrestled my nephew and he got in college. He's a big guy. And I used to arm wrestle him every summer. And the last time I beat him, I barely beat him. And I retired <laughs> I mean, that, that was it. I said, I'm not doing that again. And, and uh, I beat an Olympic skier once in, in a ski race, and I retired. And I thought, I'm never doing that again. So there are some things that you want to just remember. The memories are sweet. But you know what? It, it's, it's really pushing yourself then to the next level as well and all those things. I do want to become a better skier. I love cross-country skiing. I'm just realistic on the arm wrestling thing. I won't beat a young man anymore in that. Um, they will beat me. So it's like, no, you don't need to prove anything. You win. I'll give you the trophy now. But I'm going to do something that that takes advantage of my age, my experience, and something else at this point. And I think that's just a realistic view of of your life. You you can't do the things you did when you were 20 if you're my age. You can't do the things, you you know, some of you that are 20, you can't do the things a 60-year-old can do. I mean, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And you need to look at what you can do and start adjusting your life accordingly and give those uh, people do that are next in line, that are enjoying the things you enjoyed at one point and look forward to what uh, is very unique for you to do this year and and sit back and enjoy what God does. So sometimes it's not always something you can improve on because you may never do it again. Every time I love going out west skiing and I, at my last run down, I usually look at the mountain very carefully in the distance and I say, God, thank you. Don't know if I'll ever be out here again. I plan on it, but I don't know. And I just enjoy that last run down and, and go in and enjoy the whole experience. And so I, I would encourage people, enjoy what God gives you this year. Knowing that, yeah, you might be able to do uh, things better next year in that area. I might be able to be a better skier the next year and go over a jump actually more than two inches off the ground. and um, Or I may never go back again. So I want to enjoy that moment. And so uh, I encourage you to do that.
5: Yeah, and don't be afraid to try new things, you know. Right. As you were yeah. saying, I mean, let's be honest, we we fear failure a lot of times, but... There's a lot of things that I wanted to add to my list, and uh, I've tried them. I can't dunk a basketball. I've tried. I can't run a five-minute mile under and break it. I've tried. I've tried to surf. I've never made it successfully up to the board. But at least I tried those things, and they're great stories to share with people. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know, the reality, and we go back to Romans 5, but the reality is, is because of our faith, because of our trust in God, we're joyful and we're confident looking forward this year. If you're not in God's family and you're maybe you've been lacking some confidence, maybe you've been feeling just insecure about life that you're just not sure what this is going to bring. Number one, it's always important to go back and figure out who God is. Chat with the live coach right now and connect with them. They'd love to tell you more about who God is and what it means to have a relationship with him. Because if, if you want confidence, you want hope, you want joy in 2015, you got to have your heart right. you got to know who God is, and you have to know that you're in a relationship with him because when you establish that, that's something you can stand on no matter what you're looking through no matter, what, no matter what lens you're looking through in life you're not going to be disappointed following God it may not go exactly the way that you would plan it but really in life how often do we try to plan things and we just fall short we just we can't, necess- we can't fully make every expectation come through we can't fulfill every goal and so we want to help you be successful this year and we're going to have lots and lots and lots of shows coming up to talk more about how we be successful so remember this is Human Trafficking Awareness this month we've got some links on our website the show notes are available at hopenet360.com we'll be chatting on the tweet back for a little bit longer here go to hopenet360.com slash tweet back or just use the hashtag hnrtb for all of us here on hopenet radio we'll see you guys online and next week